All right, welcome to the Joe Kilgallen Podcast, a.k.a. Kilgallen's Pub. Very excited for today's episode. But before we get into that, I want to thank everyone for subscribing on YouTube. You guys have been amazing. Closing in on 10,000 subscribers, which I don't know if they give you any more things for that, I think. I think you get a plaque at 100K. Either way, thanks to everyone for subscribing. Uh, tell your friends and uh, Patreon subscribers, you guys are amazing. You guys are the best. But enough about me. My guest. My guest today was on, I think, the second episode I ever did of this podcast, uh, one of my favorite human beings, the dude, always a good time hanging out with him. One of the pound for pound, one of the most talented human beings I've ever met. Great comedian, been on Comedy Central, of course, Netflix, HBO, I'm pretty sure. Just tons of stuff. Uh, the goddamn Comedy Jam had the best performance in that show's history. Without further ado, everyone, let's bring on my buddy, my man, Mateo Lane. I forgot about the Comedy Jam. What a fun show. Did you? That was so was cool. So because fun. I had seen that show live a few times, and that's definitely one of those shows that's better live than it was on TV. Although your TV performance I did see, and it was great. But you ever see a show where you were like, why isn't this better? I was there when they taped it. This should be better. But it, I don't think it translated to TV as well. I love you, Josh Adams Myers. It's not your fault. I think it's just such a cool live atmosphere that they didn't do a good enough job ca capturing it. I'll just say well, that. Well, that show in particular was done in smaller venues. And if it was done in larger venues, it's, it's done... Everything about that show was very raw. It felt very stand-up. It is stand-up based, but it was stand-up comedians don't really need a lot. They just need a microphone. And so when you would do these live shows, usually they were at the Vic or I forget the name of the venue that we used to do it at in LA. Um, or if it was at a festival, it was on some like here in New York, we did it at, oh God, I forget every venue's name now. Union Hall? But, no, where'd you guys do it there? No, we did it on 34th Street at like a 700, no, like a thousand seat theater. But then when we did, when you do anything for TV, it's glitzier, it's brighter, and there's preparation and rehearsal and makeup and this, and then cut and let's do that. And it sort of takes away the element of this of, of spontaneity and just sort of live shows, live raw shows. And so um, I can I can accept that maybe live it, it's not as uh, or uh, filmed it wasn't as. Uh, cool as it is live also live you're standing there in front watching a comic turn into a star and watching the band help them and what you know it's a it's a really cool show i do they still do that show i don't think they do but i just remember watching a few episodes of it and being like i don't know what it was but it's, you're right though every i think everything's better live of course there was just something right. missing in my head i'm like this show should be huge because Every time I saw it in person, and I saw a handful of them, and I remember they did it at a real small spot. I can't remember the name of it, but you know, I, I'd seen my buddy Robert Jr. I'd seen all sorts of people, and of course, seeing you when you were in town to do it. And it was always like this atmosphere that was indescribable to the point where I was like, "God damn it, I wish I could sing." You know, if I could trade mm -hmm. any skill I had, you don't have to sing to do the show. There were <laughs> there were plenty of comics who didn't sing to do the show. I, of course, went the opposite direction, and I was like, "I'm gonna sing." Emotions by Mariah or, you know, Whitney Houston. Like I was always going for like the most extreme vocalist. So like my, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that I was necessarily set the standard. I was sort of like this weird other thing that just showed up every once in a while and did high notes. <laughs> I, oh, yeah, like, you, oh. I remember you gave the crowd shivers that night, my friend. <laughs> Thanks. No, those were fun. I now do my, oh, I, when, when things were normal, but I love singing. And even in Chicago, before I was doing stand up, I was singing 
uh, in these gay strip clubs every weekend with this cabaret group. <laughs> we were a mess. And, um, but I did it because they let me pick the music and stuff. So I would be at places like Atmosphere in Andersonville, or we'd go to, I don't remember, um, what was that place in the West Side? I just, but every week there was a new gay bar. Sometimes, you know, it's Rockford. And I would sing in between strippers and stuff, but I love singing. So now I do a live show at Joe's Pub in New York with my friend Henry Kapersky, where basically I just sing for two hours and do just improvisational stand-up in between. Like whatever comes up on my mind, we just chat about. And But we haven't done it in a while. <laughs> It'll be back. I'm thinking maybe what, by sp late spring, May or June, I'm hoping. I don't, I don't know. We all said to ourselves, I remember when, when everything started shutting down, I was like, you know, I was like, I bet you, uh, this is like the beginning of March. I was like, I bet you by April or May, like, well, this will be done with and we'll be back on, you know, my agent was even like, oh, we can keep this on the books. It's in May. And like, oh, it's January. And we're, it's even worse. It's even worse. January is worse. It's embarrassing too, because everyone knew a second wave was coming and we did so little about it. And you want to hear the everyone worst prediction? All the information and they were, and we still refused to do the right thing. I mean, there's, we can't look back and be like, okay, for three weeks, Fauci was like, don't wear a mask. And then everyone after that three week period, like the beginning of it was like, wear a mask. So like, <laughs> there's no, re I mean, I'm sorry, go on. What were you going to say? No, no, it's fine, dude. I believe me. I've ranted so many times with a wife that's a nurse about how insane this was. Cause you were right. It was the first two to three weeks where it was like, you don't really need to wear a mask is what he said. But it was really because they were worried about nurses and doctors running out of masks. Then after right. that, it was immediately wear a mask. And right. people are still like, well, Fauci flip-flopped on masks. I'm like, yeah, dude, nine months ago, buddy. Like, just well, it's a lot of face. And it's a lot of like like men acting like they're somehow weakened or feminized or less manly, quote unquote, if they wear a fucking mask. It's like no one's asking you to wear heels. We're <laughs> asking you to just wear a mask. Like it is the most simple that my dad was drafted in Vietnam at 19. He had no choice. He had to go to Vietnam fly helicopters and watch all, watch all of his friends die. And now there's guys like, oh, I'm not wearing a fucking mask. And it's like, you know, we've, we're ancient Rome. We've become too proud and comfortable with ourselves and gluttonous and selfish. And this is the result. I mean, South Korea, Australia, New Zealand, I mean, they handled it like that. And then we're still like, I feel like every time I watch the news, you just Fauci, like the subcontext of everything he's saying is like, you're all fucking idiots. Because it's like, how much more can he say the same thing over and over again? It's ridiculous. I want him to write a book so badly. And I, I, I know what's coming. I, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's so crazy to me. And then, ugh, we don't have to get into it. I mean, we'll I'm talk sure about happy stuff. exhausted by it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about, you have been on Twitch uh, video uh, playing Fortnite. And Every night. Games. Yeah, Every night Fortnite, going live. And Fortnite and then me screaming at Mario. I'm playing all the old Mario games again. I didn't realize how stupid they were. Hey, did you see? I don't know if you saw this. I posted about it on Instagram. Um, this, I couldn't believe I came across it. I told people I was ordering it. Like I texted some friends. Dude, I came across this game because I'm still pretty old school with my games. I have the NES Mini that my friend downloaded like a thousand uh, games on. I love um, it. And I have Nintendo 64. And I love Nintendo 64. So good, right? And so I had good. friends over like in the summer. We in my garage. I opened up the garage. It was like open air, and people were we were we were good about it. Nobody ever got COVID. There was only like four or five of us, and we we're spread out. 
I'm trying to be, you know, I didn't want to just go on a rant about being safe and then be like, I had friends over. Um, so we'd play Mario Kart and Goldeneye. Okay. I then came across this. I can kick I, anyone's ass in Goldeneye, by the way. I am undefeated in Goldeneye. License to kill complex, automatic power weapons, and I'm Natalia. Okay, well, I believe you'd kick my ass because I suck at Goldeneye. I'll admit that. Do you? Uh, Mario Kart, though, I'll fuck you up, Mateo. I would, no, I would, you won't. And I, Mario I Kart? Call Yoshi, I call Yoshi. You will not fuck me up. Call whoever you want. It doesn't matter, my friend. I promise you, Joe, when I'm back in Chicago and this whole bullshit's over with, I will be in your garage. Where do you live in Chicago? Jefferson Park. Oh, my God. You live in Jefferson Park? Yep. You better work off Lawrence, like Lawrence um, and 90, the, like where? Off of Foster, but you're right by oh the highway. Oh, off Foster the highway. That was my entire high school experience. That's oh, nice. all I did was hang out in Jefferson Park. There work. You go. So much Jefferson Park. I haven't thought of Jefferson Park in forever. I remember sitting on Lawrence at the fucking Pulaski light, just waiting for that goddamn because it's like Elston Pulaski, and you're like, oh, I just want this. And then I would because my friends lived on Kimball and Lawrence, so you I would either take Lawrence all the way down, or sometimes just take Lawrence to Pulaski, Pulaski to Foster, Foster, just sort of skit down all the way to get to Kimball. Sorry, Chicago talk. I haven't talked about Chicago or Jefferson Park in so long. Well, my mom used to live on Lawrence right across from Marie's Pizza. I know. I have been to, yes, I've been to Marie's Pizza. Yeah, good stuff. So crazy. It's a fun, I mean, it's a quiet neighborhood. It's not trendy or anything, but it's good with two kids and it's close to the highway. But it's a real Chicago neighborhood. It is a real Chicago neighborhood. I live off the red line and I go to, you know, I live off in Lincoln Park. It's like, not that Lincoln Park's not real Chicago, but it's like, you live in like Chicago, Chicago. Yes, I live where the people around me grew up here their whole lives. Where like Lincoln Park's nice, but you know it's transplants and people who oh. had to leave Michigan. But check well, this I always out. say, I always say, oh yeah, I'm gonna stop cutting you off because I keep wanting to talk about Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, man. I want to talk about New York with you in a little bit and how I'm happy that sure. you still live in New York because I feel like so many of my New York friends moved, and I love New York, so I want to have fun people to visit. All right, but check this out, dude. We're talking about Nintendo 64. We were just talking okay. about Goldeneye. We're talking uh-huh. about Mario Kart. Mm. Can you see this on the camera, what this is right here? Oh, my God. I've heard about that, the Goldeneye Mario version. It's Goldeneye with Mario characters, dude. So, yes. so Odd Job is clearly Toad, and I couldn't right. believe it. Right away, I'm playing. I go to the complex because I love coming out of the vents. I love complex. Yeah, yeah. And instead of those bad guys that are normally there, they're big turtle dudes that are the bad guys. It's so much fun. So you got to play this game. Golden Eye with Mario to. characters. And it's orange. Is it red or orange? It's red. It's red with like, they put some uh, like glitter on it too to make it look kind of cool. A Can you give me one Mario. second, Mateo? I hear my one son yelling at me from the monitor. This will take three seconds at the most. I'm going to grab go. the monitor and be like, dude, I told you. Hold on. He's three. He's, she knows better. I'm going to go on Instagram. Matthew, buddy, you got to sleep. All right. Daddy's working. How how old is Matthew? Matthew will be four in February. Oh, then Matthew knows better. He should be taking a nap. I told him he could have quiet time with uh, the iPad. Yeah, I let him use the iPad during his course. See, it's weird. All right, listen, everyone, in case there's any judgy parents out there. Don't, don't you dare. Your house is your house. You don't apologize to anybody. Everyone can go fuck themselves. You don't owe anybody anything. Them. Well, yeah, also, too, I mean, everyone's up in arms about screen time stuff. There's doctors who are like, well, we don't know. 
because in the 50s, we would tell kids, don't sit too close, don't listen to too much radio. Then we said, don't watch too much TV. And then we found out that kids who watch a lot of TV have great imaginations and it doesn't really affect them. You know, nobody watched more television than my little brother, who's 23 now. He's in medical school. He's going to be a doctor. So like he's, it didn't affect him. I think it just affects also, some four. people. Probably he's, not like, anyway. he's not scrolling through Pornhub. Like whatever he's doing is going to be something lending itself to a four-year-old. So it's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I got you. So have you always been like a gamer? I don't remember like talking to you about video games before. So yeah, I've, my gaming history is always linked to my cousin, Brian. So my cousin, Brian grew up next to me. He's also gay, uh, best friend. And when we were growing up, we would all first start. Yeah, you we liked video games. We liked watching my cousin Michael. He was the oldest. He would play games or Doom, and all the cousins would like gather around Mike and watch Mike play. And then Brian and I started playing on our own. Maybe like middle school, we both became obsessed with Pokemon Red, Yellow, and Blue. And then that was it. Every day he'd come over, he'd sleep over, I'd sleep over there, and just all night long, Pokemon, 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 Pokemon. And then we we got Perfect Dark on Nintendo 64, and that you could play together, you could be co-op. It's basically, and Perfect Dark was James Bond, but better. And so we would play that together, and then that moved to GameCube, and we would always find games you play together. And we would, there was a game, X-Men Legends, that you could play together on GameCube. That game changed because we're big X-Men fans. And so I just have always taken to video games in a really positive way because it was always with my cousin. But um, as of late during quarantine, I live alone and I was in, I'm in my new apartment, but I was in the Upper East Side at that time in a tiny little studio and everything shut down. I had coronavirus. So mm -hmm. I was very sick and I was just sort of alone. And my group of friends here in New York, which is um, notably ever if you're gay, you'll know Bob the Drag Queen, my friend Monet Exchange, my friend Nick and Jacob. And we all decided, okay, we're gonna we're gonna play video games every single day together because we can talk on the phone, we can chat, we can keep each other company, but we can play games. So we were playing Smash Brothers, and then Jacob, Bob's boyfriend, was like, "Well, I think we should play Fortnite because I've heard." And I'm like, I don't know, "Fortnite isn't that like for twelve year olds?" <laughs> nope, became obsessed, obsessed, and now now it's like I don't have shows, I don't travel, I don't have anything. So when seven o'clock hits, instead of like prepping for shows or going to the cellar or whatever, I'm like, okay, time to game. And I just stream it now because it's a way of connecting with fans and sort of long form podcasting. Cause I'm not, a, I can't do TikTok. It's too, it's not me, but it's more like this. I can sit and play games and you interact with people It's live. You can see on the chat and people ask questions and I've, I'm almost at 800 followers in three weeks and we're right. having so much fun. It's so much fun. And it's like, Oh yeah, this is just like doing like a long form podcast with friends and the energy changes based upon who you're playing with. And I've just been having a blast. It's something, it's like the only thing I look forward to doing. It's fun going live on things, especially when you have like a good back and forth. I did a thing a few years ago, maybe like in 2017, where I would play Nintendo 64 Mario Kart live on Facebook. Because at the time, Facebook was the only app that had a live feature, I'm pretty sure. Right. And I remember yeah. being like, oh, this would be a way to like maybe get a little bit of a following or whatever. And I wasn't consistent enough with it. But I remember there was like an organic reach and it was kind of fun. But the problem was with Nintendo 64, I just, I wish I would have had it like the way Twitch is. Twitch is perfect because you've got yeah. this, you're, you're in the shot essentially, right? You're right there. They see me. 
where I was 64, you know, you got that old school controller with the joystick and I'd be like leaning over going, you talking shit right now? Someone's talking shit. And then I'd, I fall off the mountain at Cocoa Mountain or whatever that one is. And then I feel yeah. like a dick, you know? Yeah. No, I, I, it's, I was nervous to do it because it's, it's another platform and you're vulnerable and who knows what you're going to say and stuff. But it's really ended up being a lot of fun. It's the same people who come on every day and we have new followers and they're just excited and people are like, hey, this is making my night and I look forward to this every single night. And, and it's like, oh, it's a form of entertainment. And yeah, I'm playing with other comics. So it it's not the typical, you know, people certainly are coming to watch me be a great player. I understand that that's not, I'm not Cypher PK, I'm not Ninja, but um, people are coming to hear conversation and having a having a a common goal with other people makes it mm, everyone's sort of in on it right we the goal is to win the goal is to fight the goal is to and everything that lives with outside of that is jokes and laughing and fighting and it just is it's just very fun i mean i don't know how else to describe it besides like it's 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 a great way to spend time and it's like i i've read a million books and i've drawn and i've done it i've worked out i'm like I'm allowed to indulge a little bit. I'm allowed to play video games and make a little money off of it. <laughs> I don't know your Twitch, but I did throw on the ticker at the bottom here. Subscribe to Mateo Lane on YouTube. Oh, Mateo Lane. Lane. Yeah, on say, I'm getting some water real quick. Hold on. Grab yeah, some water. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> fucking thirsty because these New York radiators are fucking killing me. Everything in this God, I'm like a snake. Um, but yeah, so that's what I've been doing every single day. That, that I don't know, just... Instagram. Well, dude, it's smart, man, because you got to do something to fill the void. I was telling my wife that, you know, I've been getting a little bit, I thought I was handling the quarantine and the whole, you know, everything being shut down mentally pretty well for a while, but it's kind of been catching up to me over the last month. And I was saying to my wife, I'm like, look, I watching our sons all day long is amazing. I love it and it's great. But there are times where I'm like, I need to talk to adults and have adult interaction. And before, you know, whenever it got a little overwhelming here, I'd say to myself, Hey, just a few more hours and I get to be on stage. But right, right. now there is no stage. So I don't get that release. So you have to come up with other things. And I've, I've told other comedian friends of ours that, Hey, we're all comedians slash artists in your case, slash singer, you know, slash podcast host slash whatever. Right now we have to be honest with ourselves. The comedian is no longer first on the list of slashes. Like that goes back. I'm a podcast host right now. I'm a, you know, content well, I think it's, I'm a this I, and then comedy comes last or comedian comes right. toward the end. Stand up. At least. I think comedian, we have to be, we've known this from the beginning. You have to be crafty. It's not just about, I wrote a good joke. It's stage presence. It's communicating. It's learning about travel. It's, it's surviving. It's sacrifice. It's, there's a lot that went into people to become a stand-up comic be outside of, hey, this joke is really good. Yeah. So I think in terms of w when this hit, when this happened, it was comedians, some comedians got on it right away. I'm gonna do this every day, I'm gonna podcast, I'm gonna do a new web series, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. And other comedians slowly thought, well, how am I gonna shift into this? I mean, it's all survival tactics, right? So for me, when this hit, I thought, well, I'm already doing a weekly podcast. Um, I don't feel the need to go on Instagram Live every day. Everyone was going on Instagram Live. I think I did two Instagram Lives during quarantine and I showed people how to make pasta. And uh, so I started playing video games and then midway through, I thought, okay, 
this is, I've learned enough now and I've seen enough now, and this is where I think I want to go. So I've now shifted into doing streaming and I understand that I'm a comedian now who streams and all those things that I learned from doing shows to crowd work, to travel, to this, to that, now get implemented and move towards that. And I make this the show. So it's, it feels like a natural, to me, it feels like a natural move to do a stream because it's long form talking and interacting with people, which is what I would have been doing anyways. Um, except now I'm just playing Mario. <laughs> I love yeah. it. I love it. Cause you enjoy it too. It's not like you mm -hmm. heard, Oh, the audience is over on Twitch. I got to get on Twitch. You know, like right. some people, Which I, think, I think yeah, there's a panic where people are like, how do I, what do I do now? How do I do now? I guess Facebook and this and that it's like, just conserve to the thing that you want to do. And when you find it, then move towards that rather than spreading yourself out in a thousand places, hoping one of them hits. I would agree. Yeah. You definitely have to enjoy. It. I've got a couple friends who, um, so I'm on TikTok, but I don't do dances or anything like that. I went TikTok, I think like maybe in April, some people told me, oh, TikTok's pretty fun. And I'm like, what is? And then I kind of started scrolling around. And some of it was like, oh, these are just women dancing. And then some of it was like, how to hang a TV while hiding the wires. And I'm like, oh, DIY projects. That's cool. Mm -hmm. And then I came across a couple stand-ups. And so I'm like, oh, you could post stand-up clips too. All right. Well, I had like three hours of footage. So I'm like, well, all right, I'll post a clip. I'll figure this out. Mm -hmm. And so I just started posting clips. And, and you know, I think I got like 40,000 followers or something. And which That's I'm very great. happy about. It's great. Yeah. And it's fun. I have a nice exchange and the people who make comments are so super fun and awesome. So I'm incredibly grateful and thankful there. I had other comedians going like, how'd you do it? All this. I go, I just posted every day because I had the right. content, but I also you got to like it. Cause I know some of them were like, right. Oh, every day. And I'm like, well, dude, if it's a chore, don't do it. If you don't want right. to, and it sounds not like something you're going to get into, then don't, because if you're, if you're going to hate it, that's going to show and you're going to half-ass it. And then it, you're not going to get traction. And it also sounds like you're impatient anyway. I didn't go into right. it thinking I'm going to blow up in four months. I just posted every single day and one video took off. And you know, it's really funny, Mateo, the video that took off, um, you know, who helped make it take off. Oh God. Who gay TikTok? There's a gay. Really? TikTok what did you, the joke. Gay everything. Of course. Yeah. But it was funny. I didn't know that that's why it was taking off. A couple gay friends of mine messaged me one on Twitter and one on Instagram said, Hey dude, uh, I was scrolling through gay TikTok and I'm like, okay, I didn't know that was that separate. And like, they're like, no, it's the same. I'm like, oh, okay. Like black Twitter. I get it now. And they're like, right, right. <laughs> and I came across people um, lip syncing to your joke, one of your jokes. And I was like, get the hell out of here. Really? That's awesome. And then I was able to look it up. I'll send you a link. If you, maybe you could see it. I don't know if you have to have a TikTok uh, downloaded, but so I have a joke about how gay guys are the best hair cutters or hairstylists, like mm -hmm. the best haircuts i've ever gotten we life. know you're straight because you said hair cutter yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> that means that your brain has associated super cuts with a haircut like that is how i know you're straight definitely right it's one <laughs> milwaukee avenue i used to go to right by irving anyway um, oh god no what's funny in the joke i i talk about like i i don't know i mean it's a funny joke the joke always killed when i did it live but it's really funny because there's a lot of like gay hairstylists who will do the joke because I talk about how not only do they, do they make you look like if you're a straight guy, especially you have to get a gay guy to cut your hair because number one, they're going to make you look fuckable, right? They're going to send you out there looking good. And then I said, number two, gay guys give the best life advice. And I do a whole scenario where the guy, because this is a true story. This guy, Ryan, it was at the Floyd's in Hollywood. And he asked me what kind of conditioner I used. 
And I literally said, I, I don't know, I think like Garnet Fruitis or something. He's like, do you want to look like a poor person? Is that what you want? <laughs> and I laughed my ass off because I'm like, this is my first haircut. You're so confident that you're calling my conditioner choices poor. And it made me laugh. And I always got that guy for, and then he moved to fucking Denver or something. Because his boyfriend. Oh, I, I went to Floyd's in LA a couple times. Yeah, they did a pretty good cut there. I thought it was like a chain, so I wasn't trusting it at first, but they did a good job. Um, yeah, they did. Yeah. Oh, but anyway, good. Laugh, no, I, I, it's it's you. You have found success. Evan Williams has found success on he's TikTok. Great. I've like, seen his stuff, dude. He does great impressions. So funny. Oh, he's such a good impressionist. Yeah, I think I think it's kind of I think we're this is going to sound really strange, but we're at a really good time as a comedian to hit a pandemic because. I would say we are in so much more control. Actually, we're in total control of the kind of content that we want to create and of ways of getting it out there. Whereas if this had happened, I don't, I don't know, at any other time, it, probably, it would not have been this, it would not have been this, uh, I don't want to say easy, but it wouldn't have been possible to get your own content out there. And I mean, you know, and and it does sort of make you really think and respect comics from back in the day who really just had to get up on stage and just be so good that everyone talked about you and it was word of mouth because now word of mouth means someone retweeted you. Yeah. Uh, back in the day it had to be, you've got to see this guy or you've got to see this girl or whatever, right? So, but now it's like, okay, like I can't think of any other time that I would have been like, well, let's, let's, Let's get let's stream video games and chat with fans. What? Like that is so it's such a crazy concept. But I don't know. I mean, it's good that we're doing I mean I mean, I know people also comics who said they don't want to do anything, also fair. You know, I mean over the summer I definitely did shows. I was definitely doing shows from I would say August to end of September and just doing amphitheaters, parks, rooftops, like but I was doing shows every single night, but it was weird to do shows and not have, it just was so weird. Like, I don't know how Chicago was, but I mean, the, every night there was a show available in New York city, whether it was on a rooftop and everyone's six feet apart or you're in this park and everyone's six feet apart. Or I didn't even know amphitheaters existed in New York city until I was doing stand up. I didn't either. But um, yeah, the shows are gone. That's done. Restaurants are closed besides outdoor dining and it's zero fucking degrees outside. So Streaming. Streaming, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I was mm -hmm. doing shows from August, mostly rooftop. A couple of the clubs opened in Chicago. Laugh Factory was open, and I love Laugh Factory, but that room is so huge. So th they were spread out. Everyone was taking safety precautions. Everyone had their own microphone that we would just switch out when we went on stage. It just right. didn't feel the same with everyone spread out. Um, but the, no, None you know, of it, it felt still, the same. None of it felt the same, but it was still it was feeding something, right? Right. I did like maybe one or two shows where you, you, your body feels what you're like, Oh, like, yeah, that's what stand up is, you know? Oh, I'm getting a reaction. Oh, you know what I mean? And the, but then the problem is you finish a show and you're like, I want to do another show. You can't, you pretty much can do a show a night. I think the most I did was two shows in one night once during sometime in September. I think that was it. The crazy thing is my first night back after, you know, I think March 7th was my last show because then everything shut down. And then the first show back was August 11th. I had three shows one night. Mm. And so that was fun. But then I didn't have another show for a whole week. So I was like, oh, man, yeah. I'm like, you feel like you're a drug addict. You just got a taste again and you're just fiending for it. So that part was brutal. Um, I right, miss man, Chicago. I, what's that? 
I was saying I miss Chicago. Dude, we miss you, man. Um, I'm glad you're in New York, though, because as I was joking around before that so many of my New York friends that are in L.A. now, and it's like I got enough L.A. friends. I want, I still want a solid base of New York friends. But, yeah, man, uh, hopefully you come back soon. I mean, hopefully cases start dying down so we can at least socially distancing. Lisa Traeger came over a, maybe like in October, and we were in my backyard, and we were like five, six feet apart just drinking. You know, she was smoking. So, I probably <laughs> yeah, Lisa moved back to Chicago. Lots of people in LA left. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't left New York. I've been in New York since March. I have not left New York City. Have you wanted to at all? Or are you like, no, I'm here? Well, I moved to the village, but right next to my old apartment. Remember my first apartment in I New York City? Place. Six story was, walk up. Oh my God. This is a five floor walk up. Uh, Wait, real but quick. I don't have a bathtub in my kitchen. There we go. I was just about to tell everyone Mateo's place, your first place in New York, I believe. And that was the first time I was ever in New York City. You were, you could not have been a cooler host. I remember feeling so bad because myself and Danny Callis stayed with you. And I was like, dude, we can't be with him because we were there for seven or eight days. I'm like, you can't stay with one person for that long. So we're like halfway in. Let's go check up with someone else. And you, I don't know, I think it was just your good old Midwest uh, Italian Catholic charm being like, nah, it's fine. And I remember being like, is it though? Can we, should we still be here? I had the space. I had the loft. I had the space. Look, what when I moved to New York, I was 25 or 26. And I, would I do that now? No. I mean, now I'm 34. I have a nice one-bedroom apartment. I would not host somebody for 11 days, you know. But I was a young, starving artist, and I didn't know anyone in New York. And you guys were great to me in Chicago and helped me out in Chicago as a comedian. And so I thought I would, I loved it. I would give you the same back. I had you, Danny Callis, Drew Michael, Lisa Traeger, Megan Gailey, Soren Choksi, Natalie Jose. Um, I, I mean, I put Kenny DeForest. Um, I mean, I like, I think I've hosted all of Chicago. Can I guess who was the worst and who was the best? <laughs> uh, sure. Um, I'm gonna say Drew was the worst. <laughs> and Drew, I mean, Drew's personality. When I walked in, the first thing he said, he's like, "You pay fifteen hundred dollars a month for the dump." I mean, that was like the first thing that came out of his mouth. I mean, he was very like Drew about it, like prissy. But he's not a bad house guest. Things are clean. He's quiet. He shows up on time. You know, it's like. I mean, it's just natural Drew. And then, of course, when Drew moved to New York, he was like, I didn't realize like how great that my apartment was and blah, 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 this and that. Very, very, very Drew Michael. Uh, but he's not a he. To me, if you're clean, then I'm fine. No, yeah, he's neat. He's a neat guy. That's true. He's a very clean, dude. I just thought he'd be, you know, not as much uh, like fun, you know, because we were like gabbing all night. I remember the one night we you were in your bedroom and me and Danny were on those like bunk beds in like the next room. And we were making fun of, uh, I've told Jeff Sheen this. So if he ever hears this, you, you know, I told you this, we, I drove me, Danny Kells, Jeff Arcuri. These are other comedians, everyone listening. So look them up and Jeff Sheen overnight. We left Chicago Sunday night at like midnight and got into New York at like, I don't know, one or two the next day. Jeff Sheen said four words, the whole 13, 14 hour drive. So we were calling him silent Jeff. And I remember just making jokes back and forth about silent Jeff and you were joining in on them. And I remember being like, oh, did you hear Silent Jeff's latest joke? And then we just got really quiet. And then we were just gabbing the night away. I thought that was like fun. It felt like a sleepover like in high school. It was. 
it was like a sleepover. I, I, Danny Callis out talking. Danny Callis, I come to New York. You know, Danny's coming. I'm gonna do some shows, and it's gonna be great. Uh, but I, I couldn't do it now. It's so funny thinking the things that you do when you're first starting out in comedy. Like I look back now, I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> I could have never done any of that now. Like I'm just too pampered or too. I'm an adult. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I mean, I used to wake up at. I used to wake up at 6 a.m., go to my job an hour early so I could leave an hour early. And then me and Evan Williams would do open mics from like 5 p.m. till about 1 a.m. every single day, Monday to Monday. I mean, it was we would do probably three to four mics a night. And then I would go back and I would work. And I didn't, I didn't sleep. I wasn't eating well. I wasn't dealing with the trauma of moving to New York and leaving my family. I was not dating. I wasn't drinking. I wasn't partying. I was just focusing on stand up. And it, I think it's like a necessary sacrifice that you have to make if you really, especially in New York, it's not a forgiving city. It's not like Chicago where Chicago, you feel like you, at least there's a lawn. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, at least you can sit on a porch where New York is just like constant feeding you in, especially when you have a bathtub in your kitchen. So yeah, I look back at those days fondly though, but I just could never do them now, <laughs> ever. There is something about, you know, you romanticize your youth, especially when you get into something as crazy as comedy. If I might close the book on the bathtub thing though, I didn't realize, I remember taking a shower in that uh, bathtub and it's, you know, like, I'm not super tall. I'm like six one, but I was clearly like standing well above where the top bar was. So I remember you coming home from work because you got off work at like three or something and being like, oh, yeah. shit, I'm sorry. And I'm like, what are you sorry about? There's a curtain covering me and it's your kitchen. What the fuck are you going to do? Wait in the hallway. And then Danny Kales pointed out to me, he goes, hey, you know, there's a shower curtain on the other side, too. So your bare ass isn't exposed to the people across the street. And then I go, I did not know that. I think it was like three days of me showering with the window just completely. Hey, you know what? You're welcome, New York. It's New York. I live in the village. I literally, I can see. So this is, I'm in my living room right now, but past my kitchen, then into my room. It's, you're, you're this far away from somebody else's living room. So I'm like, whatever. If I wake up and I'm in my underwear, I'm like, it's New, I mean, we, we're, it's New York. No one gives a shit. If you see someone naked in the shower, you're like, next. Yeah. Well, my pasty ass versus yours is different. <laughs> Dude, everyone. It is you're fine. Check out Mateo's Instagram. It's like this. What do you have a 12 pack, buddy? You got like abs I didn't know existed. Oh, I know. I'm a monster. <laughs> I, need I need some tips. I had a revelation. Okay. Everyone always has these around December, especially if you're sure. in a cold weather city. I said to myself, you know, I because there was a time in my life where I was cut, buddy. Okay. I remember senior year of high school, I had 3.9% body fat. I was in great shape. Oh, you're in high school metabolism. You probably played sports. I did. I mean, you know, your life was sort of centered around athleticism. I maintained it through my early twenties and then it kind of faded away where I'm. Which I'm I find like, is common with straight people versus gay people. I feel like straight people, this is a huge generalization, but I feel like straight people, dudes are in shape, keep it through the twenties. And then at 30, it's like they let go where at 30 gays are like time to go to the gym like you'll see gays being like super thin or whatever and then they hit 30 and they're like huge like going to the gym like i just find it funny where it's like it's like they hand the baton to the gays at our 30s well yes we do because as a straight man um women beat us out beat it out of us by 30 we've just given up fucking out. i'm kidding ladies calm down 
I don't know why I'm you already have reacting. You a wife. And I'm like, got a stream. Like, I'm like, what else am I going to do? You know, this is, <laughs> I'm not dating anyone. I'm going to go to the gym. Well, is it too late for me? I'm t- you're 34. I'm 36. Is it too late for me to get a six pack? It's never too late to get a six pack. I don't think six packs are necessarily necessary. Um, and having a six pack doesn't necessarily, it doesn't define whether you're healthy or not. It, having a six pack is tr- to me, whether you have a high metabolism or it's just a truly van- vanity thing. It's like, I don't know. You don't really, I mean, I have a six pack, I have a high metabolism and I'm on a strict diet. I mean, that's it. And it's all diet. Anything with your stomach is diet. It's just diet. That's what it is. I mean, people do as much abs as they want, as much crunches as they want, and that's all good, but it is just diet. If you want to have a six pack, it's just diet. That's it. No bread, right? Well, I have bread. I mean, I eat bread every day. I eat pasta every day. So I, I just, but I also lift so many weights and I lift so heavy and my body's like on such a strict schedule that I basically, my sister, who's an IFBB pro, an international fitness bodybuilder has taught my body to become a fat burning machine. So based off my workout and my usual diet, whatever I'm taking in is immediately burned. And and everything is moved to my muscles to give to my muscles. That's awesome. I okay. I know you said having abs is not like does not equal healthy. It's not important, you know. But on a scale mm-hmm. from zero to awesome, it's what's it like fifteen? It's it's got to be cool as hell having abs, right? I, maybe I personally don't. I'm not attracted to guys who have abs. I'm not. Abs are never a thing for me. I'm more into like thighs butts, shoulders. But um, I guess having I don't know. I to tell you the truth, this is gonna sound so stupid. I just don't think about it to tell you the truth. All right, that's fair. That's fair. But I haven't had anywhere to think about it besides posting on Instagram. I'm like I'm not at a beach. I'm not in a I'm not in Puerto IR with the other gays sinking in a boat. I'm not you know it's like I'm just like in New York. All right. Well, let me ask you this then your workout routine. Do you have like a morning routine? Cause I feel like everyone who's really fit, they wake up and they do the same thing every morning and they're real strict. I'm also very, my mother raised us to be very routine oriented. I feel very comfortable in a routine. I feel very good on a schedule. And even if I don't have anything to do, I like now I still write down a schedule because it helps me feel centered. So every morning I wake up, I immediately make my bed. This is the first thing that I do. I make my bed and then I move into the kitchen. I start my espresso. I drink a th- a, like a huge glass of water, take the SCOBY. It's a, it's a prophylactic for not catching HIV or spreading. Um, and I have vitamins and I drink my, I make a cappuccino. I drink my cappuccino. I watch the news. Um, I have breakfast, which is either like, low-fat Greek yogurt and an oatmeal or eggs and oatmeal, whatever. And then wait like an hour or two and then go to the gym like that. I mean, it's the same every single day. And I tend to feel very thrown off when I'm not on my schedule. I feel like I feel uncomfortable. Do you drink alcohol? No. Are you sure you're sober? Do you smoke weed at all? Or Yeah. I mean, I don't not drink alcohol. I mean, I, Last time I drank alcohol was a glass of wine a week ago. And before that was last November. So a year ago. 
So, I mean, I just, I, I, I mean, I guess it helps that most of my friends are in the program. <laughs> um, I, I certainly don't have a problem with alcohol, but I just haven't found, I don't like, I don't haven't found, I don't like it really. I'm not a big substance guy. I had one edible that Phil Hanley gave me, who's a comedian here in New York. And it took me almost a month and a half to finish it. Like, I just, I'm not like a, I'm not, I'm more of a caffeine guy. I like to have caffeine. I like coffee, feeling alert. I don't like to like sit back and feel sort of out of place. And no, I'm not like a big drinker, weed smoker. Well, I'm glad to hear though, because not about that. I don't care about whether you drink or not, obviously, but I'm glad to hear that you still eat the foods you want to eat essentially, right? Because Mm -hmm. you have an Italian Mexican background. And to me, those (laughs) are the two best cuisines. Like, I'm also Irish. My dad Irish. is Irish, but I do not look Irish. Like I'm looking at my face next to yours. <laughs> <laughs> You're like my like, first breath think... that's made me feel insecure about my looks though. You look so fucking good. Look at that chiseled jawline. I got my big fat pony <laughs> potato head going on right now. No, I'm just saying it's like, it's funny to look at features and differences like in faces. Like you're clearly very Irish and cl- my dad's a hundred percent Irish. My mom is Italian and Mexican. Clearly, I took on my mom's family's genes. Not that I'm super dark, because my skin is pretty pasty, but I just physically, like the eyes, the nose, I looked, I just look Mediterranean. You do. Yeah. You, that's why I wanted to. I remember when I um, saw that you were getting into Twitch, and I'm like, oh, he's going to love that. I got this Mario, Mario Goldeneye, because I always thought about you with, yeah, I remember talking, I think you had a joke. Do you have a joke about looking like Luigi or something? Or was it Wally? Um, I don't know. My friend Bob thinks I look like Waluigi. And yeah. I, I used to say when I speak Spanish, I have an Italian accent. So when I talk to people who speak Spanish, they're always like, you sound like Mario. <laughs> like I just sound ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I don't know. My my picture on my Twitch is me with a Luigi hat. Like, you know. There you go. Maybe that's what's what seeped into my brain. All right. One last mm-hmm. workout question. And then we're going to end on a fun segment that I do with people. I've been ending the podcast on a game of fuck, Mary kill. Um, okay. And I got a new twist on it that I just started recently where I do it based on where the person like lives and where they're from. Like I have my friend, Mike Bridenstine on and he's from born in Iowa. He lives in LA now. And so I gave him like Iowa celebrities who he'd fuck, Mary kill. So I think, I think you might like it. Um, okay. like, the three people I picked for you. But I do want to ask about your workout routine. Are you like you said you bought some machine you got some machines since the gyms were shut down? What is mm-hmm. like your if you were to start me out, say you're my personal trainer, what would you start me with? Because I w- I don't want maybe I don't want a six pack, but maybe I want like Chris Hemsworth arms. I want to look like fucking Thor, you know? I, I would say so you you're more interested in lifting weights, like you're more interested in repetition and muscle building rather than but I cardio cut, and I got a little bit of a gut. So I want to cut the gut, but I don't want to be, I don't really need, I don't need a six pack, but I, I do want to lose a like I weigh 190. I'm six one one ninety. I'd like to be like 180 and like maybe still diet. yeah. That's <laughs> diet. Um the outside of diet, I would say get a bench press and some dumbbells. Uh, bench press allows you to do a lot. So you can do various exercises from chest to back to shoulders to uh, dips to arm. You, know, you can really, really do a lot with just some dumbbells and a bench press, a- adjustable bench press too, because you want to make sure you can do incline, decline. Um, so I would say the basics would be bench press, 
uh, different dumbbell weights and some resistance bands. That's all I have. Nice. Resistance bands look fun. You Do you do cardio at all? I do zero cardio. Fuck cardio. It's boring, right? <laughs> so I boring. hate it. I look, I've made my, I've, I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't do, I've decided no cardio. I don't fucking like cardio. Who gives a shit? I walk to the gym. That's my cardio. And I walk up five goddamn flights of stairs every single day. So to me, that's my cardio. Oh, I hurt my arm. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would say bench press, couple dumbbells, different weights, and resistance bands. All right, I'm gonna have you back on the podcast in six months just so I could show off my growth. All right, but if you want to be cut, you really need to watch your diet. How much fat intake are you having? How much salt are you having? And how much, you know, um, not good foods, how much processed foods. So, I mean, if you schedule your meals, say I'm gonna eat every three hours, you know, four small meals every three hours or three large meals every four and a half hours, and you balance out your meals and say, okay, in the morning I'm gonna have you know, two normal eggs with three egg whites and some plain oatmeal or a little yogurt with some fruit and coffee, water, you know, don't drink soda, don't drink beer, don't drink, you know, just coffee and water are the only things that I drink. And then for lunch, I know it sounds boring, but plain rice, grilled chicken, some steamed vegetables, and, you know, vary that up with roasted butternut squash, or uh, roasted uh sweet potatoes and you can do you can change it all up with chicken or fish or whatever don't cook with too much oil don't cook too much butter and just say up oh, four hours hit time for my next meal and eat that and just stay consistent on that i mean within three and a half weeks you'll see the, a huge difference all right i'm gonna commit to it i, I gotta do it my big weakness <laughs> right now though is that i usually start off the morning really good I've been a big fruit guy lately because I came across this like, one. What are you eating for breakfast? Uh, today, I had Honey Nut Cheerios with almond milk. <laughs> I don't like I'm emphasizing almond milk. but Honey Nut Cheerios isn't bad. And almond milk is a good, you know, get the 30-calorie non-sweetened almond milk. That's what I get, yeah. And then I had a fruit smoothie. I've been really big on smoothies lately. I just have, like, the frozen fruit that I throw in there. Um, I was doing these plant-based protein shakes because my – wife got this thing with her friend it was like called shakeology or whatever and it was okay all these like pre-packaged like shakes that you pour in to a thing and you made them those are pretty good but we ran out so then i got like some costco brand make, make sure that you're not having make sure that you're not having too much sugar it's only like one gram of sugar of it's not bad oh well then there you go 20 grams of protein what's like a what's like a typical lunch lunch is where i start to dip for a while there, I was just having mixed green salads, um, which wasn't too bad. And then I started Are you having protein with it. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I think I needed more protein because I'd have the salad, and then like half an hour later, I'd start stuffing my face with like um, deli meat. Have grilled chicken on top of the salad. Don't have deli meat. That's processed and it's salty. It's bad for you. Yeah, see, the deli meat I feel was probably hurting me. And then dinner. Um, sometimes it's a really good dinner, grilled chicken and stuff. And then other times it's like we're getting pizza, you know, look, and it, eating pizza is fine. And it's not easy to eat pretty bland meals every single day. And it's not a commitment. Some people are up to doing and not everyone has to look ripped, but if you are trying to feel, look and feel, look a little bit better about yourself, it's, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, you know, people, I'm going to try the keto. I'm going to try this. I'm trying that. I'm going to do this diet. I'm going to do that. Oh, now I'm doing intermittent fasting. It's pretty 
simple. It's just about discipline. I'm going to eat a balanced, nutritious diet. It's going to be pretty bland. And I'm just going to eat it on a regular schedule. Yeah, I think everything is just commitment to it. I've got a friend of mine who's a personal trainer and he's got his own gym in the suburbs of Chicago. And he says, um, my friend, Mike Riccio, he's a really cool guy. You love him. Um, it's in Downer Grove. It's called Mar Health and Fitness and um, Mar Health and Performance. I'm sorry, because he's got a really good positive way in which he tells people about how to get in shape because he started his career working at export and he's like, I fucking hate the way they Uh, get there. So he learned from well, yeah, because he learned from them with all their he said, you know, he he said he was grateful for his start there, but they're they got douchey practices, you know. Um, they have douchey everything. I used to work out at that export in Roscoe Village. That was the one he worked at for a little bit, I think. <laughs> I wonder if you knew my friend mm-hmm. Freddie. Was the Roscoe Village one the one off of Ashland and Lincoln or something? Yes. Yeah, my buddy Freddie was there for a little bit too. Black guy, real nice dude. Anyway, um, uh, it was gay. I probably knew. Podcast. Uh, <laughs> no, he's not gay. I don't think he's gay. Maybe he's gay. I don't know. I haven't talked to him in a while. Uh, so he was saying that he uses Jim Gaffigan's joke about uh, Mexican food is how he tells people about different health stuff where it's like, what do you want to do? You ever hear the joke where it's like, how do you make of this? Oh, it's basically a tortilla, meat and, and lettuce wrapped together. Uh, everything is same ingredients. So he's like, oh, mm-hmm. you want more energy? Okay, well, let's start by, you know, eating better, exercising more and sleeping better. Because, you know, he emphasizes mm-hmm. sleep too. Because I think a lot of people forget about the sleep aspect because you need rest. Yeah, sleep's important. Sleep's Very important. So, yeah, it comes, it's I just not a commitment too. I, I saw a clip someone sent me of a podcast I did, my friend Julio Gallarotti's podcast. Uh, I think I did it in February or January of the beginning of 2020. And I looked at my face and I looked exhausted. I looked so tired and bloated and dry and just like bags under my eyes. And I was like, oh my God, the road was beating me down. The schedule I was living was beating me down. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't, I wasn't rested. So I would say the one positive part about the pandemic for someone who lives a life, especially like ours. And for me, who was on the road every single weekend, I look and feel better. (laughs) It's like, I, I was exhausted. I was exhausted. And I, yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've caught myself same thing recently. I looked at myself and I'm like, dude, I'm going into this like thing that, you know, you know, one from your dad's side of the family, I feel like this is like an Irish guy thing, or maybe it's just a drinker thing where you slowly look at yourself and you're like, I'm getting like this big Kennedy fucking head that I always had a big head, but it's getting all puffy. I feel like that Vince Vaughn early, like mid two thousands where he got real puffed up. You're like, what the fuck is happening? How, can I, can I ask you how much water you're drinking and how much alcohol you drink? The alcohol has been cut a lot, but water, I do need like, to drink way more. What it, What is, how much alcohol a day are you drinking? Oh, per day? Um, I, have, I haven't drank the last three days, but then I had like four beers four nights ago. So I'm, I'm, maybe I'm, I'm probably averaging less than one drink a day over the last mm-hmm. few months. Which Try not up- drinking for two weeks and just see what your skin looks like. Yeah, I think I got to do that. And replace all other drinks with water. The only vice I have right now is Diet Coke. I tried to cut out That's sugar, but I know it's terrible. Diet Coke's going to kill you. It's horrible. 
it's it's all chemicaled up and i know everyone like says it causes cancer i just i hate coffee i need caffeine somewhere but really maybe i don't need caffeine maybe i just got to switch to something else well i understand the needing the caffeine i get i understand that but like diet coke my sister always says read the ingredients if you can't pronounce it you don't want it in your body and she's right i mean to a certain extent she's right Let's so see. you know it's like Real quick, back of a Diet Coke can. Um, yeah, I can't pronounce aspartame. As, aspartame? I don't know. Phosphoric acid? I can't pronounce that. That's the sweetener in it. That's just some sweetener. Yeah, anyway, though. Um, you're right, though. But look, but- I, I indulged last night. I made cacio e pepe. It was 12 o'clock in the morning, and I was fucking hungry, and I did legs that day, and I was like, fuck it. I got it a giant pot. I made a beautiful cacio e pepe with pecorino and parmesan and pepper and butter and... I mean, it was fucking great, but I was like, I don't eat that every meal. Oh, last fitness question. Okay. It might be fun <laughs> for the male listeners. Have you okay. noticed since before, cause you were, you've always been in good shape, but the last three, four years, I feel like maybe five years, you've really transformed your body. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you, has your, does your dick look bigger because of like how tight your abs are and like losing weight and. Uh, well, I've always, I was really thin before. So like I weighed 140, well, I weighed, I'm 5'9", and I would say at the beginning of my workout journey, I was 135 or 140 pounds. That's how much I weighed. I am now at 163, which is, I need to ask a big guy who loses weight because I'm trying to find encouragement. Yeah, because to me, it's like, I just sort of like still fits my body. My ass is huge. Like my ass is visibly larger, um, but that's not something straight guys are really concerned about. So yeah, if I lost a lot of weight, I'm sure it would have been like, my dick looks great, but my dick's always looked pretty good. I'm like, all right, this is fine. Maybe if I like trim my pubes and then it's like, all right. You don't trim little... your pubes? That's hard to believe. No, I do. I'm saying when I do, but like it's been quarantined. So like, who am I trimming for? Yeah. Good point. <laughs> and like every once in a while when you're like, I'll just trim down just to feel sexy. And you're like, I look pretty good. Because <laughs> great guys don't give a shit about their ass. And women always say, I love men with butts so I can grab onto them. I'm like, that's like ordering pasta to smell it. I'm like, y'all don't even understand anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think the younger generation, though, I told you I'm on TikTok and I feel like all the 22 year old dudes out there are like, they're getting uh, their fingers and getting fingers in their butts and everyone, getting eaten dude, out. It's huge right now, man. This is the next. This next decade is going to be very big for uh, for butt stuff. I like saying. I think it's good. Fun phrase. Sure, why butt not? Stuff is the best way to talk about analingus. <laughs> Anal, just Analingus. fun butt stuff. All right, bud, you ready for some fuck Mary kill? Oh no, real quick, one one more question. I forgot. To, I'm so sorry. If I'm you could you. choose one person, famous, got to be famous though. Cause you know, I'd expect if I could do one person. No, you choose. I want you to choose one person, one famous dead person to party with. If you could choose Mm. one. Maria Callas. Now a little background. I know she's a famous opera singer. Mm -hmm. I just just got her tattooed on my arm. Oh dude, that's new. Um, How long have you had that? It's my It's, I just got it in July. It's my drawing. It's of Maria Callas. It's the only tattoo I'm ever going to get. Just this, just Maria. I fucking, I'll show you. Um, she was an opera singer. It's not going to mean anything to anybody, but she means a lot to me. Wait, I'm trying to get it focused so you can see. 
I like I yellow behind the head. Yeah, it's like sort of like a watercolory painting. That's it. I would just sit and chat with her about opera and singing and art and language and yeah. I don't know if it would be a party, maybe like a fancy party with like cocktails and we sit and chat with each other. Like, not like, Maria, let's go do Molly, you know? Yeah, I wasn't Yeah, I wasn't expecting you to be like, let's do keg stands, Maria. Yeah, Come yeah. on, let's go, Maria Callis. Uh, do you mind showing off that talent of yours, that singing? I don't even know if I could sing today. My voice is so fucked up in this dry heat. Maybe. I mean, uh, I don't me, know. I'm, can you give me a little what? Britney? Give me a little Britney. I don't know if I could do Britney right now. Like, I, <laughs> I haven't done that impression in so long. <laughs> you do a good Christina Aguilera too. I do, but my neighbors would not appreciate it right now. <laughs> go high, man. That um, I remember you hitting that high note that that from that Mariah Carey song. I think it was when you did the goddamn comedy jam, right? Didn't you do Mariah Carey? Yeah, no, I did. You did I will always love you. You did Whitney Houston. I did I Always Love You, but then live once I sang Emotions and I hit every single whistle tone. It was it, the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. The hardest. That was, I remember being like, holy shit, dude. I got goosebumps from hearing that. Because I don't, I love Mariah, but I don't think she could hit those notes anymore. Uh, she can. I met her in an elevator two years ago for MTV thing where fans meet their favorite celebrity. And I knew the production company because they did Girl Code and Guy Code. So they brought me in as a fan. So it was me and four other people in an elevator with Mariah and her makeup artist for about 20 minutes. And um, yeah, we all sang together and got to ask her questions and stuff. And um, <laughs> yeah, she, she at one point the elevator doors kept opening and there would be fans going like, hi, hi, you know, like screaming. And at one point the elevator door opened and instead of Mariah going, hi, she went, hi you know, whatever that, like the whistle tone, which she did it really eat. Like it just came out of her and I was right next to her. So I literally was next to Mariah. I was this far away from Mariah Carey and she hit a whistle tone right in front of me. Damn. That is so cool, dude. That's like Michael Jordan dunking on me. You know, I want, I want that. Literally. Yeah. It's like one of the rarest things you can do with the human voice. And Mariah Carey was next to me and did it for me. Crazy. Crazy. Singing's hard though because I feel like there's a lot of great singers, but once they hit a certain age, it just starts to go a little bit. That's kind of life. You gotta you keep know? it up. You gotta keep it up. Sing people like Patty LaBelle are smart. People who think I think the problem with singing is a lot of people try to continue the sound of their youth and they don't have a good foundation. So like a woman's voice matures somewhere around 30. So around 30, a man's voice matures at 18. A woman's voice matures around 30. It's around 30 is when you hear female singers' voice start to change. So you heard it with Whitney Houston and Streisand, Christina Aguilera, Mariah Carey. Now, not change for the worse, just the, the, the sound is different. There's a maturing. Um, but if you're like Celine Dion and you keep going and keep practicing and keep working and keep the dedication, the voice matures, ages with grace, but you can still do all the vocal acrobats and keep the voice going. I think Celine sounds better now than she did even 20 years ago. Patty LaBelle. Patty LaBelle still sounds good. Uh, but Barbara Streisand. I saw her with my Aunt Cindy at United Center last summer. We cried. And she's, she's 77, 75. She still sounds amazing. That's great. Uh, so it's like, a, it's like an athlete. You have to do it every single day. Otherwise, 
out. You know, you see a lot of singers, they reach a certain age and they can't hit the notes anymore. They can't sing anymore. They can't do, I just spilled all over myself. They can't do anything. And it's because they get lazy. They get fucking lazy. And it's like, well, that's what happens, you know? Well, people don't so, like Tom Brady, but that dude is 43 and still kicking ass in the NFL. And it really is, you know, age will get everyone eventually. They always say father time is undefeated, but you're right. You have right. to work on it. And I feel like a lot of male singers, they smoke and party too much and then by the end it's like they're just wording their songs now stevie wonder is an anomaly because stevie wonder who i think is the greatest male vocalist of all time maybe be maybe tied with Pavarotti, um still sounds the exact same today that he did 30 years ago because stevie wonder is i mean i don't i don't i do not try to pretend to understand his vocal cords the science behind it because he's still those notes those yeah. he's still able to do everything with the voice i don't he's a voice i will never understand because he's so he is a phenomenon he's truly a phenomenon like it would be like michael jordan playing just as well as he did at 21 that he does at 62 or however fuck old he is yeah that's not happening in the mid 50s i think right yeah that's that's yeah. incredible i mean i'm trying to think of male singers that did age well chris cornell who died a few years ago his voice still stayed pretty great there's a really cool a uh, version of him singing "Nothing Compares to You," you know the Prince slash Nate O'Connor song. Um, Tony Bennett still sounds good. He's in his early hundreds. Yeah, you know, but he still goes out there and say, Pavarotti sounded good to the day he died. Didn't have the 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 same ringing sound in his high notes, but he was still able to get there. But no one should expect singers to sound the way they sounded yeah. however many years ago. I mean, it's impossible to assume that Mariah Carey, even though she sounds, I think, very good right now, she's in a really good place mentally and seemingly physically, but I don't go live to expecting her to sound like she did when she was 19. I mean, it's just, it, that's an impossible feat. Yeah, you shouldn't, you know? Like, I remember when... um I had some friends who went to go see Paul McCartney at Dodger Stadium. And I'm like, well, don't expect 1967 Paul. Like, you know what I mean? He's not in his 20s anymore. Go for the atmosphere right. and the fact that you're seeing a living legend. Um, By the way, you know what I found out? Mariah Carey, I always knew she was mixed. She's more Irish than she is anything else. We were talking about, you know, you being half Irish. So maybe there's some Irish. Well, she that you might get. she she's is actually, she's half Irish, half black. Now her black side has Venezuelan roots, but I believe the Venezuelan roots are based in African roots as well. So she's not like, um, uh, this is what I, this is what I understand. So I think in her book, which I read, she talks about having roots in Venezuela, but she's black. I mean, her dad was black. She's literally split down the middle, half black, half white, but yeah, her mother's 100% Irish, a, a Irish opera singer which she sort of writes a scathing review of her childhood with her mother. I mean, I was like, <laughs> you read it and you're like, like she was like, we lived in a flea infested shack. I'm like, okay, oh God, this is getting stressful. Yeah. It's sad reading artist books, but isn't it weird that like with comedians, musicians, actors, any form of entertainer, you dig deep. There's always one or two things that are a little fucked up. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, right. my kids aren't going to be artists because I'm going to make sure I don't fuck them up. But then the other day, I lost my You're shit. Raise boring kids. I know I'm going to raise boring kids because they're going to have so much okay. love in their life. <laughs> no, I, I think, yeah, Mariah had a completely traumatic childhood and the racism and oh, it just was her childhood was horrible. Um, so I'm glad she wrote the book. It puts everything into context and perspective. 
I didn't hear the singing from her mom. I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, her mother was like, <laughs> like that kind of an opera singer. She did a duet with her mother 10 years ago for her Merry Christmas to you, her, her um, sequel to her first Christmas album. And she sang a song with her mother and her mother has such an operatic voice. Like the, the sound of those two voices did, <laughs> like Mariah was like, you know, uh, yeah, that kind of airy voice. And all of a sudden her mother's like, and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> whoa. But she did hug her mother almost like her mother was like, you know, like hired a maid or something. Like she hugged her like she would hug like a, an employee at Christmas. Like it was so, no it was so weird seeing those two together. You know who else's voice I loved a lot? Sorry, I'm, I'm getting off topic a little I, bit here. Please, um, this is what I want to talk about. Of course, we should have been talking about this the whole time. I, I'm thinking of Irish singers right now. She died a few years ago. Dolores uh, Reardon from the Cranberries had a really cool voice. I always thought. Oh, I love, I love the Cranberries. I have, and when I think of the Cranberries, I think of Italy. Because when I was living in Italy for like five months or something in Umbria when I was 21, the Cranberries was like the soundtrack to it. So that like the song Linger to me, yeah. even though it's like a 90s, like garage band, Irish, you know, sound to me is like, mm, Umbria. Like, <laughs> like, I just think Italy. I love the cranberries. Although controversial statement, I do not like, uh, I don't like zombie, that song zombie. The funny thing is zombie was their like first big American hit. Cause they were already doing pretty well in Europe before zombie came out. And zombie was just, I think the record label was like, oh, Nirvana and Pearl Jam are pretty big right now. And we need like a, a heavier sound to go with the whole grunge thing. But that was like, that's like their only heavy song. Uh, yeah. So zombie, yeah, yeah. No, that now I'm doing Atlantis more set. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I remember thinking the cran I had like friends of mine at the time who thought, oh, cranberries, they rock. And then they bought the album and they're like, this is mostly ballads except for one yeah. song, which is about war. Zombies about war, yeah. it's like about bombings in Northern about Ireland. The war between, I was going to say it was about Northern Ireland and England and You ever Catholic see Dairy Protestant. Girl? No, I never saw Dairy Girl, but my friend Nick did see it. And he said he loved it. Yeah, there's a show. I on know. Netflix. I don't watch anything. I'm the only thing I'm going to watch on Netflix this week is Fran Lebowitz's new show about New York. That's it. Okay. Well, if you get a chance, they use the cranberries in like a couple episodes and it's like really good because like at one at the end of one episode there's some bombing bombing they play the song um where it's i think it's called dreams or something i'm not sure but anyway let's play fuck mary kill mateo lane okay. thank you so much for being on the podcast by the way we're gonna close out with thanks for having me thanks for moving the time slot for me too anything for you my friend anything for you all right so i've been doing it a little different now fuck mary kill i've been choosing the candidates based off of where the person currently lives you're a New York guy right now, although you're Chicago in your heart. So I chose, I went on like, I chose like the famous New Yorkers and I now realize it's all white guys. I probably should have diversified it. I'm now realizing it anyway. So you got three choices of who you're going to fuck, marry, kill. First choice. Let's see if I could get the picture up. I decided to try something here. Let's see. No, I thought I could get the picture up. Damn it. I fucked that up. I can also Google them. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, this is sort of working. Look at you um, being a tech guy. Oh, here we go. I'll just remove. All right. Hold on a sec. I'll put you in solo and then I'll okay. add 
that I can't fucking do. I'm such a dipshit. I'm like, is that Henry Cavalli or whatever the hell his name is? I'm trying to guess by his chin. All right, whatever. It's I can't. Why won't it let me just show it? I'll Google, it. I'll Google Bomber. it. Matt Bomber. Who the fuck is Matt Bomber? He's been in a bunch of shit. I feel like. Why won't it let me do what I want to do? All right. Well, that screwed up. I totally thought. B-O-M-E-R? Yeah, B-O-M-E-R. What is he? Was he gay? But he's an actor? Yeah, I chose gay guys. I went three gay New Yorkers for you, Mateo. Okay. Although you can marry a straight. You don't have to have sex in marriage, especially straight marriage. I'm hair envious of Matt. He's got a nice hairline, thick hair. Good body. Um, All right, he's number one choice. Number okay. two. See, when I post the if I post a clip of this like on YouTube, I'll add in the pictures. That way, it's not so stupid. So Matt Bomber is okay. your first choice. Number two, Neil Patrick Harris. He lives in the upper okay. left. Okay, Neil Patrick Harris looks like okay. Number three, Billy Eichner. I wanted some range. Oh, Billy, who three three, three not three, three gay white guys. I was like, yeah, this is not usually, you know me also. This is not my dating history. No, I, I should have went with like, I still went with like, uh, like European dudes. I should have picked like, I don't know, Luke Evans or someone, or um, he could sing too. He played Gaston in the yeah. Beast. Does it have to be kill? I mean, that's such a dramatic, couldn't it just okay. be dumb? Kill. Well, fuck, so Mary, murder, like- fuck Mary, push down a flight of stairs. Got it. Okay. I'd rather kill. Um, let's see. <laughs> I guess I would fuck Matt, right? I would marry Billy because he seems like we could like write jokes with each other or we would have like a relationship based off humor. He's friends with Mariah Carey, so I could get even closer to Mariah. And I guess I'd have to kill Neil Patrick Harris. Not that I have anything against him, but like one, he's already taken. And then True. two, I don't think I have as much in common with him that I would uh, Billy. He's had a good career. He's had a rich, fulfilled life, Neil Patrick Harris. So sometimes when I think about who I'm going to murder, I, I also think, are, have they had a good life? Sometimes I think Billy, I don't think I'd yeah, murder Billy. Billy responded to me on Twitter once and was cool. So even though he could have taken it the wrong way. So he had a tweet once where it was like, has any white man ever given up power? And I, I normally, I don't get into it. And you, by the way, Mateo is not on Twitter. That's just why he's so happy. And he's always glistening because he's a smart person, <laughs> but I did, I, you know, I'm, 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 it's my sports brain. When you're, when you're into sports, you're always into statistics. So if you know, an answer is wrong, you're like, I got to fix you on this stat buddy. So I just wrote, well, George Washington and Billy responded with, you know what? Good point. And that was a big deal at the time because no one thought, you know, giving a power back in 17, whatever is a big deal. And I remember being like, oh, cool. And then, you know, it was a fun, friendly exchange. Nobody, you know, because Twitter, people take shit the wrong way. So I'm like, I like Billy. Oh, Billy it's, good. Well, Twitter's awful. Just awful. I hate Twitter. Well, you're a smart person for being off of Twitter. I really respect you for it. I use it just for breaking sports news now. I'm no longer trying to like gain a Twitter following. I don't give a shit. If you like my stand-up, go to YouTube, go to fucking TikTok. I'll be funny there. I'll post some fun photos on Instagram. But as far as Twitter goes, I don't give a shit. It's the worst thing. I don't know anyone who's been like, I'm better off for being on Twitter. No, I, I don't think anyone leaves Twitter like, ah, Problem solved. Like, I don't, it just is too, 
Exactly. It's stressful. It's just too stressful. And another reason why I want to kill Billy is because I feel like he's not in his prime yet in his career. I think there's more to come from Billy. Yeah, he's he's crafty and creative and funny. Matt, I know nothing about. Actors usually I find pretty insufferable, so I don't know if we would be able to get along for too long. But aesthetically, he's more down in the line of what I would probably hook up with. And then Neil Patrick Harris. I was going to say Matt Bomber. Matt is one of the strippers in Magic Mike. Work. I love strippers. So, so that's no, that's a good choice to fuck because he's probably got some moves. Right. And Neil Patrick Harris, we would get along too, though. I mean, he sings and he acts and he's funny. He's he's hot. But um, yeah, I would just lean more towards Billy. I think he would be more fun. That's great. All right. I love I'd rather it. I wake up and go to brunch with Billy. Yeah. There you go. Good choices. I do love you're the first person who's like, do I have to kill them? Kill is too much. It's awesome. A lot. And I'm Italian, but you know, even for me. <laughs> are you against the Italian stereotype of the whole mobster thing? Or are you kind of like it's fun? Um there's just like two different Italian identities. I mean, there's the Italian identity that people see, like Guidos and New Jersey, um, New Jersey Shore. Sopranos, Mafia, Godfather, you know, like the sort of glorified mob life. And then there's, I think, a side that's less seen, which is actual Italians and caring about family and food and culture and, you know. And and being on the East Coast, I love Italians here. You know, I love Italian-Americans. But there is, like the stereotype of Italian Americans to me is always something, something involving murder. I don't know. And you know, Olive, uh, you know, I'd, I'd rather be associated with the mafia than the Olive Garden there. Well, there you go. Well, yeah, that part is cool, right? You got to go good, good, nice little slice of pop culture with like all the Scorsese movies and stuff like that. I did realize though, there yeah. is a similarity with Irish culture. Cause everyone just sees big, dumb red faces like mine and thinks alcoholics. <laughs> And drunks and singing loudly at a bar, or something. and they're and they're right. But I think <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, they are. I would say I would say growing up with my dad being Irish and my mom being, you know, culturally Italian, even though she's also Mexican, I would say the biggest difference between those two cultures is um, the communication with family and food. Like I can't think of anything. And I love my dad's family and I love my dad, but I can't think of one thing they've ever cooked that made me miss home. Meanwhile, my mom and her family, like I'm begging my aunt Cindy to send me her red sauce, like begging her to jar it and send it to me so I can, like, that would be the biggest difference is like food, culture with food, relationship with grandparents. Like not every Irish family is this way. I think a lot of Irish families are big and very close, but my mom's grandparents, I, I talk to them every week. They're my best friends. They know everything about me. There's just like this, this family with Italians is different, I think, than a lot of other cultures. I mean, I don't know. We're pretty tight. I'd go to my grandma's house every Sunday for dinner growing up until she died in 2002. But I understand what you mean. I think communication is a little different. I, I think Irish people stuff their feelings down a little bit deeper. Yeah, I think that's it. They don't know how to communicate. Where Italians are yeah. too out. Everything is like in the open for everyone to see. we are too irish people are too closed off i've had i've found out that family members have had and beaten cancer and no one told me my my one aunt god i hope one of them is not listening to this but i'd heard 
And that one of the, my aunts was just like, oh yeah, I had that, but I'm good now. And they're like, when the fuck did you have that? And their kids, she didn't tell her own kids. Like, they're just so, I didn't want to bother anyone. I didn't want anyone to worry about me. It's like, you fucking cancer. Like, dude, let us know. We want to be there for you. Shit like that is a little Meanwhile, crazy. my family's like, if someone takes a shit, everyone's like, woo, heard it was rough. Like, we know everything about everyone's life. Like, that's so crazy. It's crazy, yeah. But then there's the side of Italians, like these great food, great artists, all that. Irish people, great writers. Like, so I feel like there are these uh, cultural sides of both Irish and Italian people that don't get enough because it's it's not as exciting as, oh, I want to see a bunch of dudes in wow, Boston yeah. crack someone's skull, or I want to see New York friend- people. My friend Katie Maloney growing up is 100% Irish and she was in Irish dancing and an Irish band. And it was amazing going to an Irish funeral, which sounds like, oh my God, like a funeral, but the dancing, the singing, the celebration, the sense of humor. Um, yeah, I think Irish people are have a, a, a very rich, 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 amazing culture, which I feel is not seen enough. Like being in an Irish, maybe in the Irish community heritage center that you live by. Yeah. I've been there a bunch. My Amazing. wife is a world-class Irish dancer. My wife. She is? Yeah. My wife. And, oh my God. Um, she, she probably knows my family. She probably knows my friend, um, Katie Maloney. I'll Katie Maloney up. was an Irish dancer. Yeah. 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 Ask her if she knows Katie or Sheila Maloney. Cause they went to worlds in Ireland to compete I'm in Irish, Irish dancing with big curly hair and the dresses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. she went twice. Uh, I think their team took like third and seventh in the world or something like that. They're pretty good. So yeah, she went to Dublin. Uh, yeah, in high school, I think like seventeen and eighteen or something like that for competitions. I would, I would love to go to <laughs> Ireland. I would fucking. Lo- I think the Irish people are fucking great. I you gotta go back. I've been, but I, I haven't been in a long time, and I'd love to go back. Um, uh, their government actually takes care of its people. They're giving them a bunch of money during all this shit. So <laughs> hopefully, when all this subsides, I'll have a next. Uh, a little bit of coin. We'll get a comedian trip. We'll do a little tour over there. When this is over, I told my everyone, I'm like, I'm going to Italy for three weeks and not talking to anyone. Bye. Like I'm getting on a flight, going to Italy and I'm not doing anything but smoking and eating pasta. That's the way to go. All right, Matteo, dude, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Tell everyone where they could uh, watch your Twitch and your and Instagram. You're just Matteo Lane, right? Yeah, Instagram is Mateo Lane, and I'm Mateo Mariah, one word on Twitch. So if you want to watch me, I'm streaming every night. We're playing Fortnite and Mario games. There you go. Everyone support the um, uh, Mateo on YouTube as well. Yes, support the (laughs) game. That's right. (laughs) Someone had a really funny tweet or Instagram post. It was like someone doing that no hate thing with the tape over the mouth. Mm-hmm. And someone like shared it, going, "What year is this? Like, we're past that shit now. Come on, <laughs> like you know, which is great. Which it was is like great. 2008. Let's move it along. Move it on. There we go. All right, buddy, dude. So much. Uh, always great talking to you. Nothing but the best. And um, I'll I'll catch up with you soon. All right. Bye. Good to see you. All right. Later.